Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Toffee TV. It's the triumphant return of the Toffee TV podcast. Um, available in video for our patrons and also a podcast, just a normal podcast. I'm delighted to say I have got Nick Astro. Everyone knows him as Astro. Blue Ace 1878 off Twitter. The man who brings joy to a very, very dark world. But I don't know how long the joy can last for um, because he's an Evertonian and therefore joy only comes in in, in small quantities. Um, I don't know. Nick, how, 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 do you, how do you keep the joy going? I've been searching the couch cushions trying to find any like last vestige of joy that I can bring to, to the blue community. But um, you know what? Like I have to be honest. It, it's not the team that brings me any or the club that brings me any satisfaction at yeah. the moment it's the interaction that i have with other supporters um even though we're a very deeply fractured fan base at the moment there's still uh, a whole multitude of sound blues out there who are keeping up the fight who are sticking in for each other you guys are a perfect example i mean Good God, you're coming to the salt mine every day and talking about the perpetual car crash that keeps replaying that is Everton Football Club at the moment. I mean, listen, a broken clock is right twice a day, and that's better numbers than Everton right now. So, you know, when you're getting outdone by a banged-up Timex, you know what I'm saying, you, you need to go take a long look at yourself in the mirror. So, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it it it's it is difficult, isn't it? It's, it's really hard to like, especially this time of year. I always find this time of year you just come off Christmas, and you know it, it's supposed to be dark and cold. It's not. It's just damp now. Thanks, Dang. thanks global warming. It's just it's just just wet now. Um, and you these are the dog days, aren't they? These are the dog days, and it's like you you've got to try and get some little bit of motivation from somewhere and Everton just aren't giving us that motivation like take the game at the weekend against Hull like it's a it, we win the game we go through to the next round of the FA Cup but like nobody's happy as such everyone's just relieved and I suppose that that that's the that's the feeling isn't it it's like you, you want to be happy you want to be joy it's sports it's entertainment and it's not bringing us anything like that i think that's where you're the ray of sunshine mate you are the ray of sunshine for so many people this guy from america who gets it and and can get that across to people um in a way that's different from other people i think i think you've i think you've you've um you've you've enlightened people cuz i think you've you've helped maybe um get rid of this stigma of fans from Liverpool who are not from Liverpool don't get it or fans who live in in America or wherever don't get it but you just get it and you know you're all just as miserable as us really aren't you <laughs> <laughs> you, you know <laughs> I I have um I don't know I actually took had this like existential moment the other day where I stood in my like I was standing at the closet and I stared at like the, the fact that a quarter of the clothes that I own are Everton related yeah. and um, and I'm sitting there looking at it and I'm just like you know like what do people think when they see me walking around in this stuff like I, you know like like people are like what is Everton not you know in the past I would be like spreading the good word yeah. like, a, like a like a missionary be like oh man let me tell you something Everton's boss and like at the moment, I would kind of be like, "Look, man, this shit ain't for the faint of heart, um, and you need to you need to be made of some stern stuff if you're going to enter into uh, a relationship with Everton." But I have to be honest; I wouldn't trade it for anything in the I, world. I could see you I getting, wouldn't. I could see you getting like a documentary on like uh, or a season on. 
the Discovery Channel, National Geographic. You know, like you have those mad shows <laughs> in the states where like people who are like the people who are like stuck in their uh, underground bunkers for you know the the coming apocalypse or the apocalypse. Yeah. You know those kind of the people or whoever. I can see you getting a show just like you know or on whatever that what's that channel like TLC or whatever where like ninety day. F- uh, fiance or fiance. all that crap or, like I, I could see you someone coming to you going why do you why are you doing this to yourself like you don't have to do this to yourself why are you doing this to yourself i can see like the camera's just following you around like i, I you know it's too late it's too late for us but for you they may they may uh you know there'll be people thinking yeah you can you can escape this hell you can escape this you know, I can't though. I mean, like, I have to be honest. I think I'm very lucky yeah. that I was chosen blue when I was because the team then and even the club had like this this unmistakable identity. Mm. And the history's always been rich. Yeah. But it didn't feel as far away in 2010 as it does now. Um, you know, for me, it, I would. You know, I have a, I have a, one of my best friends is actually become an Evertonian over the last two years, and, and he's still you know, your he's best friend. Suffering. Yeah, he's still my <laughs> best friend. He's still, he's still one, of, he's still one of my best mates. We've been friends since we were four, and you know what, right? Like he, it got him in the same way it got me, and you know, he's, he's in it to win it, and he, you know, he's like basically wearing his Everton gear around Orlando, daring somebody to say something to him. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> because to be fair, he's gotten smart and he knows his stuff, but. It's so much harder for him than it was for me because we had so many boss things that happened in and around the club. Mm -hmm. I mean, even though, you know, there were failings at the club at that time, there was a standard and and there was leadership. And, and, And in that leadership, there was a discipline. And I think that those are the three pillars that are absolutely lacking from Everton Football Club at the moment. Um you know, when you can't even discern who the decision makers are, okay, so you have no idea of who to assign responsibility to, mm. all right? And when you have a, a vacuum like that of accountability, it, it creates chaos. And for the, the thing that I struggle with the most is that, you know, I've, I've worked in a lot of different professional organizations over the past 20 years uh, that had... Um, you know, they had complex objectives that we were trying to meet. And it takes all kinds to get that job done. Um, and you need effective leadership at every level. You need effective leadership from a strategic level. That's like a 30,000 foot looking down, seeing the whole picture. Yeah. You need good mid-level management that takes the message from above and, and displays how we get the job done, right, through setting an example. And that trickles down to the, to the people on the ground, the tactical in the face of the problem, you know, working the issue. You know, you have that continuity from all levels, from strategic to tactical, and 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 you you have a continuity of message. You have uh, a standard that's set from the top, exhibited the whole way down, and it's not questioned. And that's where the discipline comes in. And when we see our club put a team on the pitch that – what they do is they play to the level of their competition. They're not playing to a high standard, a high standard that they've set for themselves that may be difficult to reach, but if they do, it doesn't matter what the other team does. You're going to beat them. And that's why we end up conceding goals early. That's why we've been playing from behind. And the mentality of this team is not fit to be able to play from behind every time. Yeah, they pull it off occasionally, but there's just a lack of continuity of message from the club at all levels. That amount of dysfunction scares me to death Mm. because nobody knows what, nobody can tell you what their job is because like you've said before, they've all got three jobs. And and, and like I said, you you would think that the manager is at a point now where he's going to kick Jimmy Martin out and start making kits next week (laughs) because he's a control freak. And and I'm not and I'm not saying that he's the whole of the problem. He is the symptom of yeah. an overarching problem that is nothing but sheer dysfunction and chaos on the part of Everton Football Club for five or six years. Mm. And that's that's the problem, Ped. That's yeah. that's the problem. I can see it. 
and I am not a football professional. You can see it. I mean, obviously, you guys are much smarter than I am when it comes to the club and football in general because you've, you've been at it longer. Your body of experience is much larger than mine. But if we can all see it, why can't these people see it? And that leads me to believe that they can see it and they don't care. That protecting their empires and their little kingdoms mm. is more important than doing the right thing for Everton Football Club. That means everybody's pulling in opposite directions. And you know what ha happens? It pulls everything yeah. apart. There's no togetherness and there's no unity. It shows in the, in, the, in the way the club works. It shows in how the fan base is fractured and how the players are behaving. I've said this for years, don't mean to, I'll be honest, I've said this for probably 10 years now. There's, um, if you don't change the people who work at the club or change, bring in new ideas from outside, things get stale. And think people start looking after themselves and looking after their own friends and making sure that they're all right and they don't want outsiders coming in. And Mishiri, by when he came in, just basically handed over the reins of the club to the guy who'd been running for the previous 15 years or so. And then he was allowed to bring in the person he wanted to be, the CEO, who'd been underneath the last CEO, who was terrible. There's, there's no change. It keeps a, it keeps the same continuity, and you can't, you can't. How can, how can people challenge each other if they're all number one, friend, like friends with each other, looking after each other's backs? So how can you challenge? How can you get those outsiders to come in and, and start making the changes? I think Rafa Benitez, you just said he's a symptom, and I think actually that's part of, that's part of the thing. He is the outsider, and at party moments feels like people at the club are very happy for him to do what he's doing and whether he fails he fails because you know he's Rafa Benitez but if he does it then fine because things have changed you know what I mean it's like there needs to be the outsider but who comes to the club I don't necessarily think it should be the manager but there needs to be they should they should have been outsider maybe Marcel Brands was that outsider I don't know but the people who run this club are they're too entrenched in that club every time someone lo loses a job or leaves Everton, they're basically normally replaced by the person below them, and that I don't think that's good for for anything. I think that's very that 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 keeps a stale mentality. It keeps things just going along the same way they've gone for years. It keeps the status quo. When football is not like that anymore, football has changed so much. It's evolved so much in the last few years. How maybe in the old days, a person's job would cover. You know, look at it like a coach. A coach used to be a coach. Now the coaches, uh, we're having throwing coaches and set-piece coaches and and it's going into the absolute finite details of football. It's, you know, we all we all, we all all go back, you know, everyone who's, who's ever watched, um, um, the you know, Al Pacino giving his speech in any given Sunday where he's talking about the inches. The inch. It's about the inches. We win the game by the inches. Right. And I just think that's where football is now and I think Everton is still, they don't, they still, they're trying to win games by the foot. Um, basically, they're, they're allowing, they're not getting into the nitty gritty of of what what makes something a success. They're still trading on the uh, the old days, but the old days weren't successful, you know. You know, and that's that's really what what is just so strange about this football club. Is it just it in one way? It's every day telling you that it's getting a new stadium in in you know two 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 and a half years and that's the future but in the but it's like if it, it, to us it's like well nothing will change till we get into that stadium and you're thinking well if you've got two and a half years to get in a stadium why aren't you preparing to be the best you are as you get into that stadium you know sure. you don't you don't you don't turn up at a marathon you know unfit and unable to run you, you've prepared yourself you are ready to take that marathon on in the best preparation you have. And it feels like Evan are just turning up with a kebab in one hand and a pint of bitter in the other to the to the to the start line. And you know that that surely that's gotta change. You know, for me, I think that, you know, what what, what who's the biggest fish who's the baddest fish in the ocean? It's it's a shark, cousin, and it never quits swimming. Okay? And if you you you, you mess around, you're gonna get bit. Okay? So so for me you always want to be improving. The person who thinks that they do everything right scares me because that means that they're probably wrong in a lot of ways. Mm. Continuous improvement is the hallmark of any successful sports team, organization, business, or person. 
You have to constantly challenge yourself to do better, okay? You have to find ways to improve. You have to be hungry, okay? So for me, I look at, and I'm going to use an example close to home, all right? Before I was Everton Blue through and through, I was a Georgia Bulldog, and I still am to an extent, right? That's an organization that the, the athletic department of the University of Georgia was run very similar to the way Everton is, okay? When Vince Dooley, the coach who last won a national title, left, or, you know, the club, the, the team, in the mid-'80s, he brought in one of his assistants. Moving up, right? Mm -hmm. Didn't do the job. So they tried to go outside of it, and they got the wrong guy. Then they brought in somebody, once the third guy was done, who was too nice, okay? It was too much a boy's town. Let me put my arm around you. Let me, um, you know, let me, let me, you know, make make boy men out of boys i'm not worried about making world beaters okay so you have this too nice mentality it's the guy everybody likes mm. he's the guy that's not going to walk into the room and take the situation by the scruff of the neck he's the guy you really hope it works out for but he doesn't have the balls to get the job done they bring in a former player a guy named kirby smart who was a scrappy safety a defender he was nasty he was a he was a real brutal player right and he coached under the best. He learned from Nick Saban at Alabama, okay? So he comes to Georgia. He's brought a winning mentality to the mm. club. And it's taken five years for it to come through. But he preaches standards. He preaches continuous improvement. He preaches discipline. And he doesn't preach, we're going to go play this team this week. No, we're going to impose our will on this team. We're going to take our standard to their stadium and we're going to beat them with it until the clock hits zero and we're going to break them. We're going to go out there, we're going to take the win and we're going to break them, okay? Now, that has to happen, like you said, in every facet of the way the team's executed. The little things, getting set-piece defending right, getting your, keeping your shape, making sure you're applying the best formation that you can in, 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 in attacking the other team and what they do. And it just feels to me that, that Everton is just missing this, this visceral need of any successful organization to have a killer instinct and be nasty. Hmm. Liverpool's nasty. Yeah. They kick people's butts all over the park. I'm sick of Everton being the nice guy. Hmm. I want people to go, shit, we got to play Everton this week? Yeah, that's like I don't want it. I don't want any part of that. I want to run people out of their own damn parks. I want opposing fans crying. I want them covering their kids' eyes. The team's getting whooped, the asses whooped so bad. <laughs> but I must be the only one because if Everton wanted it, they would be doing things a hell of a lot different. Everton Football Club doesn't want to win. What? Everton Football Club just wants to stay in the Premier League and somehow get to Bramley Moore and mm -hmm. everybody get their payday. So where the does that where does that mm -hmm. then come into the Luca Dean situation then? Because do you think? Do you think there's part? Of, do you think part of Rafa Benitez believes what you've just said and wants to do that, and is finding pushback because it's all well and nice having players who we all think are great, but if they're not doing the thing the manager wants, if they're not working hard, if they're not, if they're not, you know, prepared to put the hard yards in, and then the manager turns around and says, "Sam, but you're out the door," then of course we're all emotional. We're all attached to things we we like, and things, and obviously the things we don't like will always bear the brunt. But do you think that there might be a sense that that's the, the, actually what the manager's trying to do, and he looks at it in frustration, as in saying, you know, you know what, this hasn't worked. What you've tried to do hasn't worked, and we're trying to do it differently. And this is a really tough crossover period where I'm trying to get actually rid of some of those players that you've been complaining about and I'm trying to bring in young hungry players who are a little bit horrible who will run the extra yards who will do the little bit extra for you you know maybe won't send out cutie messages on Instagram but these guys will will do the nasty stuff that you all want and and it but it's a little bit too early to see because we're we're still very much you know in the woods and we can't we can't see the woods for the trees you know and part of me thinks or part of me wants to think that's what's happening with Rafa Benitez and that's what he's trying to do. And the frustration comes from him seeing it from an outsider and going, no, I am that change that you're all demanding. You just won't give me 
the ability to be the change? You know, he was set up, no matter if Benitez walked into Finch Farm with the best of intentions, he had a deck stacked against him. People, a good majority of the fan base, were basically never going to accept him full stop. And there was other groups who were like, I'll give him a few minutes. Okay, but the problem is, is that they're not being realistic in their estimation of their patience. A battleship doesn't turn on a dime. And an organization that is literally ingrained and practices bad habits daily is not going to change overnight. So you have a situation where it's a perfect storm. Okay. And, and, and I would, listen, I, I don't need um, <coughs> every player to be a, an international star. I need them to do the job that they were hired to do. That's to stay fit. That's to play the position that they've been asked to play and to be ready when called on to do their job. And, you know, the problem is, is that we don't know what's going on. The problem is, is that the information that you get, you have to kind of piece together and look at objectively. And we're all going to have our individual biases. The people who have an individual bias towards Benitez are going to blame him for everything and they're going to side with Luca Dina because they're unable, because they're so emotionally attached to set aside their bias to be objective in surveying the situation. You have people who have it in for Bill Kenwright or the other members of the board or the owner himself who aren't going to put the necessary responsibility for what's been happening on Benitez because their bias says, I want the board gone. And then you've got the players who I think have never, never really shown their appropriate level of responsibility for the number of managers who lost their jobs. They can't all be that bad. The, the managers can't all be that bad. Like I said, a broken clock is right twice a day. Everton should have, on sheer luck, picked the right manager by now if the manager was the problem. The manager is not the problem. It's the players that have been there who are just happy to collect a check until the day they leave. I'm talking to you there, Mari Tosin. Okay? And, and, and also, you've got people who are just happy to go to work and accept the mediocrity of the status quo that is Everton to protect their paycheck. They don't want challenge. They don't want change because they don't want anything to upset their apple cart. And I want to bust up their cart and make applesauce out of all of it. I mean, I literally think, listen, and I'm going to go back to the Georgia game. Basically, Kirby Smart said, you ever heard of Cortez? When they got to the new world, they burned their ships and they ain't no going home. And he said, when, when we get here, we're burning the ships, and the only way home is through Alabama. And they <laughs> did it. That's the mentality that's lacking. You don't get stuff like instinct. that, though. This is the difference, though, between like American sports and, and, and sports everywhere else, is you don't get – people don't say stuff like that. I wish they did. I wish they did. I'd do it. I'd I know. Say, I would I'd love – I'd the hype man. I'd wear a clothes, like, play <laughs> I'd, play. I'd, I'd love Rafa Benitez. I'd love Benitez to come out and, and cut like a, a WWE promo. I'd absolutely yes. love <laughs> We're going to Norwich, and we ain't coming back till we got those three points. We're going we to kill more canaries than a gas-filled coal mine when we go to Norwich this weekend. You feel me? Listen, I'm dropping L's and bows, man. Oh. I, I, I just, I, dude, I, listen, I want to, I, 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 am, I am at such a loss because I have so much emotion and so much energy and so much love for Everton Football Club. But by God, do I hate them at the moment. Yeah. It's like a it's like a family member who's acting like a fool, and you just want to slap them and pull them up and be like, "Hey, knock it off! Mm. You're you're killing me! Stop this!" And and they don't listen. Mm. They're unapproachable. They're like this 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 like anomalous entity that you can't talk to. It's like they're real, but they ain't there. It, and this it, is it's it's frustrating. This is the club that have just announced that they've signed a deal with Rosetta Stone, so they can now not communicate with us in twenty seven different languages. <laughs> Now we can be ignored in dead languages. <laughs> Everton, I, let's convey our obstinacy. I told you, I told you what the plan is, but I'm sorry if you don't know Sanskrit, and then that's on you. That's on you. Exactly. That's a fan. The program, the program's going to be in Latin. Good luck with that. I mean, the motto is apparently maybe they got Rosetta Stone so they can figure out what the motto. Yeah, is maybe so that's it. Start living up to. It. Maybe they're going to. Maybe, maybe I can take the tape off. Maybe they're coming. Maybe they're coming up with a new motto in Latin. And that's why they've signed up to uh, Rosetta Stone. Maybe uh, that's the plan. <laughs> you know, for me, Ped, I I don't know. I, I'm in it to the bitter end. 
I mean, I, I'm honestly, I'm going to support Everton. I'm going to fight. I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to. I know this sounds really like daft of me to say, but I'm trying to like build bridges between fans at the moment. I, I, I honest to God, the fan base is so mm. fractured. I've tried to let people know, yeah. hey, that's cool. I appreciate you sharing your opinion with me. I disagree yeah. with it, and here's why. Let's have a constructive discourse about it. But you don't have to be nasty. It's like with the 27 no. campaign. You know, people yeah. people are asking the wrong questions when it comes to that. And and I did a video where I said, I support it. If I was at Goodison at 27 minutes, I'd get up and I'd walk out. But if you stay in your seat, that's okay. Everybody has to pick their own individual way to express their support or frustration. Yeah. Okay? But there is something that we can all agree on. There is something deeply wrong, broken, and ineffective about Everton Football Club. Mm. And anybody who tells themselves otherwise probably works there and is trying to save their job or they're in denial or both. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. I mean, the thing is, I, I look at things that get said on social media, and it's very hard to disagree with any of it in any way because there's so many different problems that it's just like, you Where say do you start? if you say well the problem's been says you go yeah yeah th- he's a problem the problem is the board yeah yeah he's a problem Michelle's a problem yeah he's a problem Bill Cameron's a problem yeah he's, he's a problem. problem the players are a problem yeah I agree the players yeah. are a problem like there's, there's... Fan, fan outreach and engagement is yeah. a problem that's it yeah and that's that's the thing there's so many it's like uh, that's what I said before about you can't see the wolf for the trees because there's so many little things. That it's weird to start. The only thing that's fixed that, as I said this slow times, is time. And you only get time when you win games of football. And that's where Benitez has found himself now. He hasn't won games of football. And this is where we are now. We go to Norwich on Saturday. And it's a must-win game. We've got two two games coming up. We've got Norwich City away, which we've got to win. And then we play Villa at home, which has become somewhat of a grudge match because Steven Gerrard's in the, in the, in the, um, the other dugout. And that's going to make it big for him and for Liverpool fans. You've got Benitez in the other dugout. You've got... Um, You've got, and then you've got Luca Dean on the pitch, and people will be set, split over, and it'll create. And I'm hoping for that game, without skipping too far ahead, for that game, it's an, it is that nasty atmosphere, and that's what makes it a nasty atmosphere. That's what makes Everton fans uh, gives the little Thrive. bit of edge to the game, yeah, because seeing seeing Gerard and seeing seeing Dean and stuff, and that that creates that little bit of that little bit it's of edge. Jet fuel for the hate engine. Well, that you've is just Goodison Park. You've just mentioned, off, and I love it. Well, you've just mentioned, like. You've just mentioned the twenty-seven campaign there. Well, I'm not be- that second half against that Arsenal. The atmosphere was tremendous. It it helps. It helped spark something. It helped it spark the something. The Tottenham game after uh, Richarlison didn't get the penalty. That sparked something with the fans. Everton fans it are did. very reactive. They're very very reactive. They love nothing more than a than a than a referee causing troubles and that gets us going or a tackle or something and maybe that'll be but Evan have to find that spark the players have to find that spark organically and have to stop relying on the fans this is why we're terrible away from home this is why we've been terrible away from home for three, four, five, six years seven, eight years people can keep going back is because we lack that inner drive that you said beforehand because we buy very comfortable players and we don't buy nasty players who have got something to prove and I think that's going to come in I, I remember doing I remember that before the last Norwich game, and I did a opposition match preview with the guys mm. from Talk Norwich City, and that was dev funny mm-hmm. because the irony is, since we won that game, Norwich have picked up more points than we have going into this weekend's game. They've picked up ten points, and we've picked up six. I mean, they're the roles have been they're the team in form between Everton and Norwich. How how much of a disgrace is that? But I was doing a thing with them, and you know they were at their wits' end, and I was like, "Is it too nice? You're not nasty enough. You need a bit of street smarts. You need a new manager who's not going to be." And and it's funny because you sit here now and there's no way I could say that to them without looking at my own my own team and my own club going, you're exactly the same. You you don't have anybody on that pitch who's nasty who like you were saying earlier. Someone who'll come out and someone who who demand more from those players on the pitch because they're all they're all relying on themselves too much. And that's 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 the sad thing about this game, which is now this game now on Saturday has become a must win game. It's become an absolute must win game. Because the idea of not beating Norwich, how oh. that will affect the manager and how that will affect the team and the confidence and the players, that that is just unthinkable. And yet, you know, it could if they don't turn up with the might, the right, like they've got the talent, but if they haven't got the right frame of mind, then <clears throat> it could happen. Because Norwich City will see this game as a game that they can win, and that is the sad thing. 
Every opponent we go into a match with right now smells blood in the water. They mm. see us as a mark. They see us as somebody they can easily knock over. That is not going to change until we consistently kick about three teams' asses in a row. And that will turn the, 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 the narrative in the right direction. Listen, we are in a triage situation, an emergency checklist situation. So what do you do, right? You ask yourself. You just said, Ped, there's so many different things wrong across the board. Where do you start? You start with what's going to put you down first. And what's going to destroy this club faster than anything else would be relegation. Because that's going to start off a chain of events that the club is fiscally and professionally unable to recover from. That Sunderland till I die Mm -hmm. ought to be a cautionary tale that everybody at that club ought to be forced to watch right now. You ought to study what happened to them and try to use the lessons learned to avoid having it happen to us. Mm -hmm. Okay? I will say this. You know, I I have tried to give Benitez every ounce of grace and patience that I am capable of mustering. But while it is not all on him, he's playing ego games with this football club in a really dangerous situation. When you're at low altitude, you don't start cutting barrel rolls. You don't have the space away from the ground to be doing that. And we're flying far too close to the ground, i.e. the relegation zone right now, to be cutting tricks. Yeah. So don't play games. The, the 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 owner doesn't need to play games with trying to bring in players that the manager doesn't want. Okay, the the manager also needs to pick squads that are going to compete. And and I know he thinks it's the right formation, but he's I don't know. It's almost like I'm going to prove to you I'm right, and I'm going to because I can't be wrong. And and it's this stubbornness. I mean, there are pack mules who look at Benitez and go, "Dude, back up." I mean, listen, stubborn's our brand, but you overdoing it. I mean. For me, you have to address the biggest issue, and that's points. That's getting us away from the relegation zone because that will give the players confidence. That will give the manager a bit of breathing room, and then we get maybe a couple of more signings in, and we can fight on and save the rest of the season to a point where we're not going into the offseason worried and sick to our stomachs about what is coming next. Yeah, we, we... Need, we need just a spring, a spring of positivity. Yeah, if we were to get if we were to get a win on Saturday and then you go into that Villa game at home and you, you make it a good atmosphere because it's a team who aren't that far away from you. It's a team that's in and around you. It's a team who possibly that's a six point match. Well it's a team they're up they're both six point games, aren't they? If you yeah, if, they if both you, are. you know, if you get three points against Norwich, then suddenly Villa the Villa's uh, a six point match. They're just above us and they could be mm-hmm. on the, we could be on the same points going to that game. And and both games are and you've got to if Everton were to win both games going into that international break, you come out that international break with a few more players fit and you're thinking to yourself, right, we're looking up now, we're not looking behind us. That's right. But that's an attitude thing, isn't it? That's the the time for excuses now have run out. The time for complaining about injuries and all the rest of it have run out. The time right. about saying that you've got oh, you've got players who don't want to be here. Luca Dean's not here anymore. That time has gone. has gone out now. So that's on you now as a manager. And we know it's not all your fault. I appreciate that. But the, your excuses have run out now. And it means that you've got to start promising what you said you were going to deliver, which was a better second half of the season. That has to happen in real time. You can't sit back in May and go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. It has to happen. <laughs> that means wins. Now. That means wins. Yeah. That means winning this game. That means on Saturday, that means sending a team out with the emphasis on, like you've just said before, we are gonna we're gonna die on this this pitch for three points today, and, and I don't see enough of that. And you've got to start seeing that because you know what the best teams in the land do that. And if you're not prepared to work as hard as the other team, you ain't gonna win the game. So uh, this is a huge game for Everton on Saturday, and they must take three points. Um, otherwise, change will be coming very quickly to Everton. It's 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 what Al Pacino said. It's the guy that's willing to die. Mm. And I know that's very dramatic, mm. but it's the person who's willing to hurt themselves going into that 50-50 tackle. It's the person who's willing to knock themselves out at a diving header. They don't care. They just want that ball in the back of the net. And and, and it, you, you just don't see it. And until these players start playing for each other and playing for the club, then we're going to keep seeing the disjointed effort and the half-hearted performances that have – unfortunately become the, the the 
the exception, or the, yeah, the, the the rule and not the exception when it comes to Everton. Uh, you know, I I I don't know. I, there's so much noise, Ped, about the mm. and, and I'm going to say this about Luca Dini, and I'm never going to talk about it again. There's so much noise about the Instagram posts and about what the manager said. I'm going to tell you something. You have to you have to separate all that out. You have to quiet the background noise that doesn't matter. Let me tell you what matters. A player, and I don't care why he ended up being this way, a player who didn't want to be at this club is gone. Okay? That is that is a good thing. All right? I don't care why. I'm looking at the positive of a player who didn't want to be here is gone. Also, his replacement was bought before he left, and we were mm-hmm. also able to lower the wage bill and bring in a right back. We got a freaking right back. It's great, and we got the one we wanted. And I think this Patterson kid could have a mean streak, and mm. I love that. Mm. I want to see more of that. Yes, please. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, it. It you have to stop with the, yeah, Bernard said something. Bernard doesn't play for us anymore. He's a, he's a high dude, but that doesn't mean anything to me. I don't care what Bernard said. His comment in 50 cents will buy you a soda from the snack bar, not much else. I only want to know what is going, what is happening that is going to directly affect either the success or continued failure of Everton Football Club. Do I want the manager to quit being a, 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 a an ego-driven, you know, uh, stubborn jackass? Yes, of course I do. Uh, do I want the the owner to stop being, uh, you know, playing pick-a-mix with a panini book? You know what I'm saying? And just plucking players out of nowhere or buying somebody because his his agent mates want a little bit of, you know, doshing in their, in their back pocket. I, I'm sick. I want all that to change. Mm. But, but, but is it? I don't think so. The only thing that can change right now is these players. These players have to hear the, the 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 anguish of this fan base. The listen, Everton Football Club supporters, for all our faults, there's something special about it, and it's it it the supporters pulled me into this club just as much as the team did. It was the people, the faith that made me feel like family. You and Baz and Dave and everybody else that treated me like I was one of you. Day one, there's something special about the people that love this football club, and 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 they deserve better. And if this club doesn't realize it, they're going to lose more than they can possibly imagine because Everton is the supporters, mm-hmm. more so than any manager, any owner, any player. They'll all go. Every player that I loved in 2010 has been long since gone. I am still here. I persist. You persist. Kane. Everybody else that goes the away matches, when you start breaking those people and they quit going, that is a big sign that you are about to lose your ass when it comes to supporters and how the investment that they have is affected. Well, it it is no coincidence that we've not had any updates on the season ticket pricing. It's I think the club are running a little bit scared. Uh, We've had no updates on the when the uh, AGM. Even whether it be virtual or not, we've got no updates Whenever on it's that. Happening. They're, I know. they're running scared, and this is their problem. And I've said it for years: they are shit houses of the of the highest order. This football yeah. club, they will not talk to the fans when when the fans are at their lowest, and we are the club. They will only talk to them when there's something positive. Oh, all goodness. day yesterday, all day on Twitter yesterday, pictures of Bramley Moor Dock. Because yeah. it was a media open day, pictures of players coming back. That's great, but what you've got to do is communicate with your fan base when you're at your lowest, and they won't, because they're not, they're not adults, and because and they continue to do this, and they've been doing this for years, because it's the same people making the same decisions all over the club. And it was the people before them were their bosses. So who did they learn off? I've heard plenty of people at Everton Football Club who. Got it. Got the job after someone before them, and the person before them was was awful. And you've, I've gone. Yes, finally that person's going to go, and he's going to make a change. And they get in there, and they make exactly the same. I wouldn't even say mistakes. The mistakes from us, but they just keep that continuity. They keep the status quo. Don't rock the boat. Or oh, you don't want to do that because this might lead to this. You know, don't indulge that. Those those people don't don't give them too much power. Or or you know, it's the same thing all the time. It's, stu- it's little stuff that drives me mad. 
it's how some it's how it's how they suck and don't <laughs> don't take that as the wrong way because I know you won't. But it's how they suck up to foreign fans and yet leave local fans in the lurch. Like yes, they do it all the time. You've got hardcore away fans who go everywhere, and they 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 get they get ignored, and yet they suck up to fans who in 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 like America and other places. And don't get me wrong, I, you you well, you you've known me for that, long enough, but not I, at the expense you know, of you have, every week going match support. Well, you do you do both, don't you? You do both. You yeah. do both because they're, they're all your fans because they're all your fans, and without the fans, this club is nothing. They are they are yeah. nothing. We don't have we don't sell. We don't sell a million shirts in Asia. No. We don't. We don't. You know. We don't have that. We don't have that following up because of a, we've got this player or that player. We are who we are, and it, it, you know, it's just, it's. It, I I can. I have no problem with your football team being poor. I've watched enough Everton poor Everton teams, and I've stuck with them. That's football. There'll always be teams better than you, you know, and there'll be teams worse than you. But if you create that culture that yeah. that makes that happen, then that's on you. And you've got to be, you know, you, you came out a month ago and, oh, we're having this internal review and all this stuff and Marcel oh, Brands is going. And it's like, well, who's doing it? Well, we're doing it on nice one. So you and no. so you two are doing this internal review, which should be about you. That's Evan for you, mate. <laughs> but no, dude, listen, if you were an alcoholic, would you go to a bartender to manage your sobriety? No, you wouldn't. And you don't let the people who perpetuated a culture of abject mediocrity grade their own grade their own mm-hmm. paperwork or grade mm-hmm. their own homework. Yeah. It is it is a self licking ice cream cone that exists just to satisfy its a desire to tongue punch its own dung hole. You know what I'm saying? That's that's Everton, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And and the, you know what? A little bit of revolution every now and again is not a bad thing. Everton Football Club needs to take the structure that it has and burn it to the ground. It does. They need to have a, a systematic review conducted by someone from the outside who can point at their failures honestly without a dog in the fight, be objective and say, look here, y'all, this baby's ugly and there ain't no other way to get around it. This is what you've got to do to fix it. And yes, there may be pain in the short term. Listen, meaningful change ain't easy. Improving yourself isn't simple. If it was, the world would be a much better place. It takes reflection. It takes effort. It takes patience. And it has to be all of that consistently. This club doesn't lack. It lacks the moral fortitude. It lacks the necessary steel in their spine to stand up, be counted, and do something better, brave, and different. And you know what? I've had a lot of people say to me, you got to be careful about what you say. I'll say whatever I want. You know what I mean? Yeah. At Everton Football Club, I listen, they can do whatever they want to me. They can ban me. They can do whatever <laughs> they want. They can blacklist me. I don't care. It's never going to drive me away. It's never going to not make me support the club. And it's never going to silence me being a critic of, of a poor performance. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scream it at them until they recognize it in themselves. And I would, dude, you know what I would do? I would I, I would take 20 years of experience that I've had in, in, in a line of work that is that is that is high pressure. I would literally take a month off from my job, fly to Liverpool, never say a word to anybody else about it, and help them. I would never crack a word about it. I would I would fly over there and I would work for them for free for a month if it meant that they would actually listen. Mm. I mean, I hate to get so bent out of shape about this, Pet. I'm more dramatic than daytime television. But when you have people who have experience and, and have knowledge and are, and are willing to give it freely, you it shows me you have no intention of being better and that this is all just window dressing. We're rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic, cousin, yep. and the iceberg is getting close. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, man. I didn't mean to get. No, that, I didn't mean to get so. You are. You are. You're hitting the nail on the head, family mate. There's so many issues, and I, 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 I prefer that talk because a month ago we were all talking about the owner and the board and Rafa Benitez, and then suddenly in the last couple of weeks, all the pressure shifted onto Rafa Benitez, and I feel like the people did. at the club are getting away with a lot of things, and they've, <sighs> the, you know, I've got. I've got an inquiry at my football club, and I've got an inquiry at this ter- uh, terrible government, you know. Be- and it's they're all it's the same self-serving people who are doing both inquiries, and it <laughs> it's just like what's the point? Like get 
get real people in to look into this where where the problems are and you'll find that both of them are systemic so um that needs to be dealt with asap um and you're right you and that listen i couldn't care less what you're just saying yeah about getting banned everton football club going a day a day to ban astro a day what are they gonna have ban you from i know right <laughs> they're gonna not let me buy stuff from the club store anymore i mean you lost that privilege in 17 you lost that opportunity in 1775 my friend don't tread on astro (laughs) no no you know like i I say that kind of stuff and it's just a bit of the dramatic part of me getting fired up but you know at the end of the day at the end of the day pet like like I know people are saying, oh, well, well, we're not that close to the relegation zone. Mm. Yeah, you are. We shouldn't be anywhere near the relegation close. zone, but we shouldn't yeah, be anywhere. I'm... It shouldn't be a thing of like, oh, we'll be okay. There's three worst teams. I keep on hearing this thing. There's three worst teams. No, it not doesn't. Recently. There, sh- there should be 12 worst teams. Then Evan, yeah. at least. At least at should least. be 12 worst teams. The I money know. we spent this 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 year, um, or in, sorry, in the last few years, there should be 12 at the very least worse than us. None of this bollocks of oh, there's three worst teams. Well, I've watched enough football to know that three worst teams can very be, very quickly become um, two two worst teams and one worst team. So we gotta get we gotta get it sorted, and it means three points on Saturday, and it means three points on Villa. And I think anything less, there's there's no reason why anyone should not be able to call out the club and this manager for what's going on. Exactly, and you have to address the situation as it becomes uh, like immediate if that makes sense the the immediate danger that's what you have to address first and you know what one thing i wish right i know that i'm not the smartest person in the room okay and i am willing to listen to other people and their ideas and everything else this fan base needs to stop shouting down people just because they don't on the nose agree with everything that person's saying right the, the, listen, it's with same thing with politics as it is with this fan base. We are stronger together than we are divided. That's why the parties keep us divided. Yeah. They don't ever want the people to realize that we're the ones getting screwed and unite mm-hmm. and stand together. It's yeah. the same with this fan base. Okay, mm-hmm. People think that they're going to get a ticket in the director's box if they kiss Ken Wright's backside. You know what I mean? Or, or, I don't know, maybe they'll get a set visit to Coronation Street. Who knows, okay? <laughs> but but at the end of the day, right, it, it, they, everybody needs to get on the same page. Yeah. A united Goodison Park, 30, what, 30, 39,000 Evertonians? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, my God, do you really want to get in front of that? No. The fan base has to find a common thread, and they have to use it to stitch together a resistance to the to the to the yeah. to the dysfunction of Everton there's, Football Club. There's, there's so much apathy at the moment, and we wind wind it up now because we're probably just sound yeah. like two moaning up middle aged men. Mate. Uh, no, Sorry, both of us are the same, mate. But you you say it much more eloquently than I do. I can barely oh, say I'm eloquently. Never mind uh, the words you say. <laughs> um, but you know, Baz says it quite a lot. He says, you know, we're stronger together, and you've just said it there. Yes. There's too much apathy going on at the moment. There's far yeah. too much apathy. You know. And and I'm I I am almost I I feel like I'm part of that because because you know I woke up this morning to see Luca Dean had gone to Villa and I didn't didn't like feel a thing you know whereas years years gone by where that would that would have that would have put so much right, anger you. into me and I have yeah. people I have I'm you know like we all are we're all in our own particular groups um you know and there's people you know I, I'm in groups with people who go home and away with Everton who it's their life and they are absolutely raging and I'm. I'm and I, I I think for a long time I, I felt like that's not the way to be like as in like you shouldn't get angry and if you've got it inside you you should especially doing the things we do you can't come across like like you know like just shouting and raving it turns no, people you, off you, you have to get it across you have to be constructive but I am in a but I'm but but the thing about it is no that anger just doesn't exist in me anymore that anger just doesn't exist um I'm like um I'm like Frank the Tank in old school. You know, one day it's just going to come pouring out of me. Um, I don't know where and when that's going to happen, but it's going to come pouring out of me because I don't know. Oh, like remember Ned Flanders got um, he he went to see he he went to see the psychiatrist, and it was because of his goddamn beatnik parents, and he started going dead angry. <laughs> that's that's one day. <laughs> One day that's gonna be me. One day someone's just gonna trigger something. I'm gonna go, yeah, and I hate Everton, and I'm, it's all just gonna come pouring out. Um, 
but at the moment i just don't have that anger in me and it and 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 that's really sad because anger is passion and passion comes from you know caring and love and all the things and i just don't i don't feel like i've got that and i want but i want it i want that inside i want to be angry and i want to be passionate and because it works the other way because when you win games it's hard to get it's hard to feel the way you should feel when you win games of football. So it becomes it becomes going a match becomes a chore. And if you win a game, you're just like, well, yeah, we won a game. Fine. You don't get that buzz that you're supposed to get. Football is supposed to be, or any sport supposed to be, like you get the highs and the lows. And I know in football there's this thing of like, don't get too high when you win and don't get too low when you lose. No, that's like a professional thing. Fans shouldn't be like that. Fans should re- it should mean <clears throat> everything to them, and, and emotion should come yeah. across, and that's what makes sport sport. The lows are the thing of like, you know, they they're bad, but there's always going to be another day. The only thing that keeps me going is that now I I understand there's a multiverse somewhere. I'm very happy in a multi another place in a multiverse somewhere in another multiverse. Everton are winning, kicking ass, doing everything, and there's a version yeah. of me that is really really happy, and yeah. that's the only thing that keeps me going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I I tried my best to not think about the weekend mm. because because I, I I call it a gut feeling, like. It's 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 one of the biggest matches yeah, it is. That, that 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 as that that we've ever been a part of for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Listen, like it's like you say, I don't get the I don't get the privilege of going to match every weekend, right? Like so for me, I I carve out two and a half hours of my time, right, where I'm going to devote that to Everton. I get up, I make breakfast, I I pick my kid out for the day. Mm. You know what I mean? And there's thought that goes into that. I enjoy that, mm. right? That's why I have a you know ridiculous kit collection for a middle-aged man. <laughs> Regardless, I, I I do that, and then I, I I watch a few wrestling promos, and I try to craft a <laughs> what would I do? I've got wrestling shirts like a stack like that that I can't wear because we can't celebrate a win. Yeah. So so I I I take this time, and, and my wife she'll ask me. She's like, "Why do you let them do this to you?" Mm. She's like, "Why do you let them do this yeah. to you?" Because she's like, "You take this time, you put this effort in." And then you walk away heartbroken more oftentimes than not. And and yeah. you do it because you have to. And, and and there's a point where we every person in every situation has a breaking point. And I'm just worried that a lot of our supporters are getting close to that. So, I don't know. Here's, the three, the, here's the three points, oh, cousin. <laughs> oh, sorry, here's the three points because, yeah, my we God, need we need them, them. bad. Need them. There you go. Yeah. I think me and Astro have said everything that we need to say for this week. I think um, we have. We'll try and make this happen again next week, and we'll hopefully be a little bit more yeah. positive. Looking forward to a game against Aston Villa. Yes, if can get three points, we will be massively, massively, massively happy. So big, big thank you to Nick for joining us. If you want to follow him on Twitter, it is at Blue Ace eighteen seventy eight. He always does a reaction video for us after games as well on Twitter, and you'll find that on YouTube as well. So make sure you check it out. He's 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 the, He's the, you know, he's the highest profiling, performing, up-and-coming Twitter Everton fan there is. So, <laughs> I don't know about that. I think it's, thank you so much for letting me come on and do this with you guys. Um, it, it's 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 really a privilege to be a part of the great work that you guys are doing at Toffee TV. It's, it's really really a pleasure. It's, it's a pleasure. It's no problem. Um, Baz is not amazingly impressed because he's just sitting over there and he's he's fast asleep. So. <laughs> Because hey, everybody needs a rest. Yeah, he's been he's been a little bit under the weather, so he's having a little rest. He's having a little rest. I said we're doing a podcast, and me and Nick, and you can have a little chill out under there. In fact, he, with his hood up, he looks like he looks like Hawkeye. He's got that same kind of demeanor about Hawkeye. So, and there you go. Big thanks to Nick for joining us. Uh, if you want to watch the video of this, you can find that on Patreon. And uh, yeah, we'll try and do this next week. So, uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you later. See ya.